Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. We are just a few episodes away from ending season four, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you want to be a part of the Patreon community, make sure you go to patreon.com slash Melinda Hale. Today joining me on the show is entrepreneur, social media influencer, and the founder and CEO of the Spark School, which is an online learning community for impact-driven content creators, influencers, and entrepreneurs, and a school that I am a graduate of, Ms. Gwen Lane. Gwen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am such a fan of you. Oh, you're the sweetest. Well, I've learned so much from you, so I can attribute any kind of growth that I've had in the last couple of years definitely to you helping. I've learned so much from you, so I am really grateful for your presence in my life. I love hearing that. Um, I, it never gets old, and we were just talking earlier about your daughter being an Aries and me being an Aries. Yeah. Like We love to hear it, so keep them coming. <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to talk a little bit about just your career path because, you know, I've known you for a few years. I've loved seeing how much you've grown. And of course, it's inspired me to continue, you know, with my brand and everything that I'm doing. But let's just go back to the beginning and how you knew that getting into this line of work was what you wanted to do. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a thing where I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to be an influencer. (laughs) <laughs> that never really existed in when back then when I was just starting to figure out what I wanted my business to be. So backtrack to um, after college, I went to work uh, in an ad agency in LA. I'm originally from LA and I kind of knew that that was the path, right? You go to school, you get a job, you pay your bills, you somehow like your life and then you die. <laughs> And so I was like, wait, is that it? <laughs> is that <Right>. it? <laughs> and being in the entertainment industry, it was super fun. I was super grateful to have a job. I got a lot of experience. I worked with some of the major studios out there, got tons of experience, met a lot of people, but there was always that kind of nagging feeling of what is my purpose and what am I supposed to do? And I kind of knew it was bigger than you know, trying to figure out where, which billboards I wanted to buy for our client for their movie premieres. (laughs) And so I was like, what is that thing? And I just started with asking questions. I think as someone who's gotten to practice yoga and meditation for most of my life, I knew that there was something there, but it, it was something that I wasn't really sure of yet. And so I feel like a lot of people can relate to that question of like, what am I doing here? If it's that time where you're like, okay, I did all the things that I think I'm quote unquote supposed to do. And what am I supposed to do now? And is this my life? Right. (laughs) So especially if you're in your twenties, you know, like that's the time that you start questioning everything. Yes. I'm sitting in my cubicle and I get all this free swag and invited to these awesome LA parties. And I was like, but is this it? Is this, was this all of that is? And so I started giving myself the freedom to kind of explore what that meant for me. What did I like to do? And I kind of went back to the things that I love to do. I love to write. I love to go to events. I'm an extrovert. So I love meeting people. And so I just started going to events. And then I started the LA girl, which is my blog, my travel and lifestyle blog that kind of started this whole trajectory for me. And it was just a creative outlet at then at that time 
while I was working. And then I realized, okay, there's this whole blogger world and out there that there was working with brands, getting money through affiliate marketing. And I started doing some more research. Um, it seemed like a lot of the mommy bloggers, it was their blog and they had a whole brand. They would have a product line. And that was kind of like the start of their empire was building an audience in the community. Um, and I stumbled into influencer marketing. And as I started to gain traction with my blog, my Twitter, which was where I started uh, before the rise of Instagram, um, I just started getting connected and I started giving myself the freedom to explore what would happen and the opportunities that just came along with building a community and audience in LA. Um, and through all of this, I changed different jobs, worked at different places, uh, and I was able to start teaching at YouTube and start creating these workshops for content creators uh, because they wanted to learn how to monetize outside of AdSense, which you, know, you get paid for the views when people watch commercials right. on YouTube. That's mm -hmm. kind of how they make money. And then they were also looking for other ways to monetize. And when they found out that I had my own personal brand and I would was starting to work with really big brands out there, they started to ask me to teach their students that. And so I would do like hourly teaching day rates. And I was like, why am I doing this for other companies? And I could do this myself. And that's kind of yeah. where the idea for Spark School was born. That's incredible. And so how many students have come through your school? Oh my God, we're almost at 5,000 students. That's amazing. Like, how does it, that has to make you feel so good. It feels so <laughs> unreal because I found a Facebook memory the other month or so where I had my first workshop. I did it in my backyard is 20 people. And I invited, oh you know, 20 people that were in LA that I knew wanted to grow their social media. I put up like an event right or something and I sold tickets for like $30. There were people emailing me like, where's the address? Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the back of your apartment, literally was in the backyard. And we took a photo and that was, I was like, okay, this is 20 people, but how can mm -hmm. I do this in a larger scale where I can teach people anywhere in the world? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And so your husband works with you as well, correct? Yes, he does. How is that dynamic? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it's definitely a learning process. Um, it's not for all couples. Uh, <laughs> I love that honesty. It's not. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not. I know a lot of other women entrepreneurs who, who cannot work with their partners. And I totally respect that. Um, we've found like a good dynamic. Um, we love bouncing ideas off each other. We do, we were in our office on Sunday because we just love what we do and we have so many things yeah. coming up. Um, and so for us, it's something kind of like, this is our baby. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So as a woman and a woman of color, what have been the challenges that you faced in terms of being an entrepreneur, getting people to take you seriously as you've been building this brand over the last few years? Uh, there's been so many challenges. Let me start with one. One, the first thing is, um, I feel like as a Asian woman, sometimes I look a lot younger than my age. Some mm -hmm. people think that. Which I'm, is a blessing. It is. It's great <laughs> right. for like my yeah. face and my photos and my skincare. But when people kind of uh, stop on my page or they find me randomly and they don't know me and they haven't been following me for a while, they automatically put me in the category of like, oh, I'm she's just a social media influencer and she just takes photos of products and looks pretty yeah. and then that's it. And then there's no 
there's no regard to my 15 plus years background in business and advertising. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that I've actually worked in the ad agency and on the brand side. And so that's definitely something that's been a challenge. I feel like just as a woman that already happens and then women of color and then like Asians in general, sometimes we don't get taken seriously. Um, A lot of the times we don't get taken seriously because they think like, you know, we're not going to speak out um, and we're not. And also sometimes we've been taught to downplay our accomplishments and our achievements. But Mm. part of business is telling people why they should trust you and listen to what you're saying. Um, and so sometimes it is a challenge to have to be like, well, look, this is what I've been able to do. I've been here. I've been here and by here. And like, that's conflicting sometimes with what we grew up with. Like, don't, you know, brag and don't, you know, put all that stuff out there. Yeah. And so you're saying that as a cultural thing, but I think a lot of people do feel uncomfortable doing that in general. And so how do you find a balance where you are like saying, Hey, I accomplished this and I'm proud of it, but it's not bragging, you know, cause there is almost a fine line. And I feel like some people struggle with, you know, deciphering what that line is. So how have you managed to do that? <laughs> it's a day by day thing, right? Sometimes <laughs> I just want to rant on my Facebook, do a live and go off because I've seen something and people, you know, I, I get a comment and people are like, oh, well, you know, this must be easy for you because of the way you look or something like mm. that. And I want to just go off and talk about, it's not just about how you look. Right, <laughs> if it right, were right. that easy, there would be a lot more successful CEOs right now on TikTok, right? Um, right. <laughs> but there's Seriously, a, there's a lot of point. strategy and business behind it that only comes with the experience of, you know, coming from corporate and doing this for over a decade. And so sometimes I think it's about really communicating your message in a thoughtful way. I think that's another skill that a lot of people don't have, right? Like people don't really know how to communicate in a way where it doesn't sound like you're bragging, but instead coming from a place of um, experience and education. That's kind of how I come about it is like, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to share with you my experience and knowledge so that that can help guide you and inspire you and empower you to do it your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the also, one of the things that I've connected with you on, and I really appreciate that you speak out about this a lot because obviously coming from the music world and being a performer, I've gotten asked to perform for free a million times. And I'm like, that's not going to pay my bills. Like I've put my 10,000 hours in to be a singer, to be a performer. And so I want you to pay my worth. And so I love that you have focused on that a lot because this is the phrase that you hate. People ask to pick your brain often, right? So... (laughs) So how long did it take you to get to that point where you were like, you know what, I can't do this for free anymore and I have to know my worth? Because obviously for me as a singer, I have done free things in the beginning when I was starting out because you actually do want that quote unquote exposure. But there is that line you cross where you're like, okay, I'm past the exposure now. I I deserve to be paid for what I've put in the work for. So when did you know that you couldn't give away free advice anymore? I think that distinction went from when I was side hustling and I had a paycheck from another job. So yeah, I could afford to give my time for free because I had money Mm -hmm. coming from somewhere else. But when I started doing this full time, 
then it started to get really serious about, okay, if you're not paying me, who's going to pay me? And I don't have a paycheck to fall back on. I don't have a biweekly thing that's guaranteed to come in. And that's where sometimes I get the pushback from a lot of people about, well, what about mentorship? I'm like, yeah, that's when you volunteer to be a mentor. That's volunteer work. That's like where- And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not where you're at. Yeah, exactly. And like, I do have volunteer time, but like that's on my terms and who I choose to give it to. And not everyone who DMs you on Instagram asking for a free hour of your time. It is a a fine line because- on one hand, I feel like you want to help people. You want people to be successful, but also you don't want to be taken advantage of. And that's something that I've also had to learn to kind of say, hey, no, or you're going to pay me for this because I have given free advice. I have said, oh, this is how I got this gig. This is how I did this. This is how I accomplished this. But it is it is a learning process because you also don't want to be labeled as you know someone who's selfish or isn't paying it forward or giving back. But it's at the same time, it's like, I got here by doing the work and I'm willing to help you a little bit, but then you actually have to do the work too. And if you want to pay for the advice and pay for the guidance and pay for the coaching, then these are my rates, (laughs) you know? Exactly. And as someone who gives so much free content, right? I have the podcast. I go live every week. I'm you have master classes. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Like you like, do actually a lot. <laughs> there's enough free resources that if you're in the information stage and you're in the research stage and you're trying to figure out how to even go about this fine. Right. And then that's mm-hmm. where you have to decide, okay, am I going to take this seriously? Just think about like school, right? There's YouTube and Google university, and then there's enrolling into a program and you actually have to pay for it. And so sometimes people don't think like online school and, um, you know, courses and programs are the same thing, but they are, it's like signifies to yourself that you're serious. You put it in your schedule because you paid for it. Right. And you assign value to it because you made it an investment in yourself. So the people who invested thousands of dollars in school, hopefully they went to school and did the work. Right. Right. I know people that did it, but if this is what you really want to do, um, I was just talking to my brother about it because he's, you know, playing ukulele and he's investing 20 minutes a day, you know, and it's hard to do that when you were, you don't have a a teacher or someone like that. If you can do it on your own, great, but 95% of us need help. And that's where you decide, okay, what kind of help can you invest in right now? So I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of the rise of influencers in the last few years. And if you feel like influencers, even if it's not within their niche, have a responsibility to talk about important issues in the world. Because I know there's this uh, one Instagram uh, account that talks about white female influencers and how that is the majority of type of influencers that actually are very silent on specific issues when it comes to Black Lives Matter, current stop the Asian hate movement that's happening. So what do you think? Do you think the influencers, when you get to a certain point that you should use your influence positively in that way? Or if it's not your niche, do you think it's okay to just kind of back away from those things? I believe that influencers do have a responsibility to talk about these things at any stage. And I think that the minute you begin is the minute you identify yourself as a real influence and not Mm. just an influencer who poses with products. And so like, I think you have to go into this. This My students know this. They're like, they know. They know. (laughs) And this is why I say impact-driven influencers, because I'm not here to coach people to get get free products. 
That's not right. what I do. What I do is I help real people who want to build an influence for good while making the impact, while making money doing it, because income is a big part of it. We can't help people when we're stressed out about money. Um, <laughs> and so I think that if you were going into this and this is something you're thinking about, think about like what kind of influence do you actually want to create and want to put out there? Um, and it has to be for something bigger than the products, right? The products are yeah. great. The brands are great. And that's really a way to monetize, but the, what is the underlying reason? And I think that the people who are not addressing the issues that are happening are come off as tone deaf not authentic, not relating, because we're all going through this. <laughs> if you mm -hmm. haven't talked about the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, matter social injustice, diversity. You're so what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like white noise, yes. literally. <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't have been a more perfect phrase. <laughs> literally white noise like everyone's just yeah. gonna tune out because it's boring and it's also yeah. not real and like nobody mm -hmm. I love photos that look great I'm all about editorial I have a lifestyle feed as you can see but if you read my captions I talk a lot more about things that matter and yeah. if you really want to build a business that um stays for a long time you are going to have to talk about like the real human issues and go beyond the superficial. I completely agree. And I don't know if you saw this recent um, situation with an influencer. I didn't know who she was before the situation happened, but Rachel Hollis, I don't know if you're aware. I know it's, <laughs> no, you can like, laugh I didn't even know who this person was. I didn't. It's so funny. I was like, I don't know who this woman is, but what she said was so tacky and just inappropriate. But one of the phrases that she said in this awful video that she posted was like, what about you makes me think that I want to be relatable. And I thought that that was so awful because that is the whole reason that people follow you is because they either see themselves in you or they see something about you that they're like, I want to be that person. And so they relate to you. That's the whole point of influence. So for her to say that, she was literally saying, I'm above everybody that's following me on my social media accounts. And you know, if you get here, great. But if you don't, that's not my problem. So I was just curious how you reacted to that because I was so... I just felt gross after watching that video. I don't know other, any other way to describe it. I was just like, ugh, ew. <laughs> so as someone who's seen her plagiarize people in the past, uh, mm. I've seen her talk live at one of the events I'm in. She's, she's not new to the online marketing world. And so I've been there and I follow a lot of the industry influencers in there. And she already got in trouble for plagiarizing like a Maya Angelou quote as her own. <laughs> Come on. Like, like, could you pick somebody a little less famous yeah. if you're going to do that? Like, okay. <laughs> credited. Even Canvas templates have a space for crediting the quote. Like you just had to do that. She blamed her team again, which happened again in, in this scenario. And so it was sad that I wasn't shocked <laughs> and I wasn't yeah. surprised because it was just yeah. a problematic thing. And here's the thing, either she is clueless or oblivious and no, and her team, like, you know, if it's you're, you need help, there's people out there to guide you on how to go there. 
um, right, and what right. to do. And like, there's lots of PR companies, that's their only job. And so for someone who's a super successful multimillionaire, billionaire, whatever, it's like, can you figure out what to do with your brand? Because if you just want to be on top of everyone, again, like that is the whole premise of being an influencer. It's to connect right. with people on a relatable level. Yeah. To get to to gain no like and trust with your audience, yeah. and so you know she's just like it was just a whole shit show. <laughs> yeah, and it, I I mean I personally was kind of shocked, but like I said, I didn't know who she was. But I was like, why would you think that this was an okay thing to say to your millions of followers? You really don't think that you're gonna get any pushback from that. It was, it was shocking in that sense, because I'm always surprised when situations happen where people put their foot in their mouth, like we're all human, we make mistakes, but it was such a blatant, disrespectful statement to make that I, I don't know. I mean, that's just, to me, that showed who she was, you know? And so everything else to me now seems very, very fake and not at all the type of brand that it looked like. Cause I looked back and I looked, looked her up and looked at her feed and I was like, this isn't even all what you're advertising or how you're acting or what you're pushing. So I think this video is actually who you really are. So I don't believe anything you say now, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even that. It was like the apology afterwards and then calling out women of color, especially black women afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. I was, and then they were like, why are you tagging me? <laughs> <laughs> don't involve me in your mess of an apology. Like, keep my name out your mouth, please. <laughs> Yeah, I don't don't even know. I don't want to waste too much time on her, but I was curious because you are you've been in that world, and and now you I know that you've even known her for a long time, and you've seen her speak. So it was an interesting uh, situation, and I'm curious to see how she will recover from that. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that still follow her. Yeah, and I think we're coming to a time where people are now watching and people are observing who is speaking up, who is standing up for others who is, you know, willing to use their platform for good. And as the consumers, as the audience, we get to decide who we're going to give our attention to our platforms to who we're going to support. Right. And who we're going to give our money to as well. Yeah. And that's what I, I love the power of social media in that sense. Like it is, it can really spark someone's career pun intended with the spark school (laughs) but it can because when you see people that you you know love and you love what they're doing it's just going to grow your influence even more um so now i want to i want to talk a little bit about uh some of the current issues that have been happening and i know that you haven't shied away from talking about issues on your platform which i really appreciate but you know we've seen a rise in hate towards the asian community but from your vantage point because i know i can speak obviously as a black woman when black lives matter started getting a lot of traction a lot of black people were like well, we've been saying this stuff for years like you guys are just now listening so from your vantage point do you think that there has already been a lot of situations with hate and prejudice towards the asian community but it's just now getting um, attention or do you think this is kind of a new situation that's happening because oh, of you know all the coronavirus stuff it's been happening and yes okay. i think that it was amplified because of the coronavirus but you know we we were teased way back 30 yeah. something years ago like a lot of immigrants you know the language and then how we look and everyone always like is wondering what kind of asian you are there were so many sketches on what are you <laughs> people are yeah. like american <laughs> where are you from and when kids like Irvine (laughs) and so (laughs) 
you're like down the street that's where I'm from like yeah, yeah. and then yeah. like but were you born here and like all of those questions and yeah. the sad thing is it has existed and the happy thing which I think the good is coming out is that it is coming out like social right. media and the internet and technology has now enabled us to see it more and that it's now yeah. top of mind and so as much as it's the it's a bad thing that people are seeing more of it. I think it's a good thing that it's being brought to light and that more people can get involved involved if they want to. And also mm -hmm. I feel like it's good to have that attention so that we have the chance to do something about it. How would you suggest to someone that hasn't spoken out about a social justice issue, but they want to start, they want to start talking about the, the hate in the Asian community, they want to start talking about Black Lives Matter, and their niche has not even addressed this whatsoever. Like, what would your advice be to them on just that first post to make? That's a really good question. And so I... Uh, like to be thoughtful about it. And so sometimes you're super angry and you're emotionally charged. And sometimes people are just like, I'm just going to go live and go for it. <laughs> I'm a little bit more like, okay, take a, take a breath. <laughs> right, right, right. 10 deep breaths, five minute meditation. And then um, I would kind of write it out. I'm a writer. I write everything out first, just even before I go live, even before I mm -hmm. do record an episode or a video. So I would just write down your thoughts and feelings sometimes too. Like when you're ranting, you're kind of all over the place. Um, right. and I feel like people just process information better when it's kind of done in a process in a, you know, there is a story, right? There's what happened? How did you feel about it? Um, and then what are you going to do about it now? Like the three steps, kind of like the, the arc of the story. And then here's what I learned and here's what you could do. Here are some links and resources if you want to do something about it. So that's kind yeah. of how I like to process my thoughts. Like, this is what happened. I saw it. Um, I felt this way. It reminded me of this. And you can, I would share definitely personally. And I yeah. try also not to say like, you should go do this or this should happen. And like, cause you know, you can't control everyone. You can only control yourself, share what you're feeling and not try to put words into other people's mouths. So I like to be very intentional about that. And then I mm -hmm. always, I say like, I invite you to do this, or if you feel called to do this, then here are some ways you can help if you want to. I think that's great advice. And yeah, I, I feel like I've had a lot of people say like, I want to say something. I just don't know what to say. And I say, say that, say that, say, I don't know what to say in this moment, you know, but I don't want to be silent anymore. And I said, that's enough to just get the conversation started, but we can't be afraid to talk about these things because the more silent you are, you're actually complicit in the situations that are happening. So even if you say, I don't know what to say in this moment, but I'm sick of seeing this happen. That's enough. I totally agree with you. I feel like it's worse if you stay, stay silent because also as an influencer, people look to you as a leader. People look to you as inspiration. And so when things are going on in the world, they're wondering if you're going to say something about it, especially if you're in their feed, you know, every day or consistently. And when you don't say something about it, I feel like you're just brushing it off and you're not in touch with what's going on. And it does come off at like standoffish or tone deaf. I mean, I, I always joke with my husband when I see like certain situations, like you'll see maybe like 20 people posting about it. And then somebody's like a photo of their dog. And I'm like, are you just not aware? <laughs> 
<laughs> what's happening? Are you just choosing to ignore it? You know, and, and I get it, but I don't care about your dog right now. I want to know that you're focusing on what's on people being hurt, people being killed, people being, you know, just the injustice that's happening. Like, I need to know that you are focused, not just on your dog or whatever product you got to deal with. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm glad we're in agreement in that sense. Um, so do you feel that because I've thought this for a very long time, I feel like there's sometimes this competition almost between marginalized groups. And I'm always like, you guys, if we just would all come together with all of these situations, we would probably make a lot more progress. You know, I do think that everybody has their own injustices. We have, you know, the Asian community, what's going on with them, the black community, Native Americans, you know, the Latin community. But I do feel like there needs to be some sort of like coalition of all these marginalized groups coming together so that we can make progress. I definitely agree. I feel like sometimes when the whole Asian uh, hate stuff started coming out, people are like, what about Black Lives Matter? And we're like, we didn't forget about it. It's right. still there. It's just, this is the news cycle right now. And this right, is right. what happened. It doesn't like lessen you know what is going on in all the other communities because there's always something going on um but I think like you know it's like for me it's like I just choose one message a day (laughs) because like doing so many things like I I don't mind retweeting multiple things but for my Mm -hmm. own I post once a day so we choose what to post that day um and so and it's also I feel like sometimes when we want to be involved we get so into it that we start to feel overwhelmed and there's just just so many messages and sometimes I've had to tell myself to back off or like to give my phone a break and to not be glued to CNN especially with the Derek Chauvin trial going on right now here in Minneapolis like I could Mm -hmm. probably have the news on all day but I would not be able to work (laughs) right yeah And and it's also emotionally draining You know, I haven't even personally watched much of the trial because it's like, I just don't want to relive the situation. I don't. I just want to hear what the verdict is so that we can figure out how to move past this. But, and I even told people, I was like, you don't need to watch trial if you don't want to. You don't have to. Don't do it to yourself. Focus on your mental health in in these types of situations. You don't want to relive that. So that's, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough to find that balance because it's like, you want to know what's going on and you want to, you know see what's happening when people are saying but it is like you said emotionally draining and so you also have to protect your energy um and you know be able to function in the way that you want to show up for your audience so Gwen as an influencer and a teacher what do you feel and I know it's going to be hard to come up with one thing but what is one of the most important things for you that you want to share with people that look to you for advice or come to you for guidance in any way Yeah, that's a tough one. Something that I've been working on recently is my brand. And um, this is something that I have my students, as you know, work on really, really early on. But what you don't, you may not know yet, that is that is something you can currently work on all the time. And it's because it's evolving with you as a person. Um, And, you know, I've just started to redo all of my brand messaging and we want to be more vocal about, you know, women empowerment, female entrepreneurship, 
equality in influencer marketing and in business in general. Um, we put social justice as one of my content pillars. It's no longer, oh, we talk about it when it's in the news or when it comes up. It's like, no, it has to be something that An they, active topic. they land on my page and they know that I have something to say about that. And it doesn't have to be complicated, right? It could be a story yeah. highlight. Like you right, have one right. story highlight. Some people, they think like, oh, it's my business and I have to be all business and I have to be sales. It's like part of the reason why people choose you as a business is because of what you do and what are your impact goals. And so I want people to know, like I, like whoever you choose to learn from, whoever you choose as your coach, just know that this is part of my company and this is why I do what I do. And diversity is a priority for us. We are very, you saw 90% women of color community and that's super important to us. Um, but people won't know that unless you tell them and you make it a priority yeah. in your branding and your messaging. And so I would invite you if you're thinking about, you know, uh, your own brand or your business that your personal values are intertwined with that. It's no longer like it's just biz your business channel. No business is personal. I tweeted something about this the other day. I was like, business is personal and people choose to give their money where their values are aligned. And, but if you don't share your values and communicate that they're never going to know. Amen. Sound advice. Well, Gwen, it was just wonderful chatting with you and catching up a little bit. Let everyone know where they can follow you. And if they're interested in being a part of the Spark School, how can they get involved with that? Yeah, sure. You can go to my website at gwenlane.com and you can find me on Instagram at heygwenlane and you can find links all around there for the Spark School. Please follow her. I promise you will learn so much even just from her Instagram and her tweets. Well, thank you so much again for chatting with me, Gwen, and to the listeners. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.